This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey everybody, Carm Capriato at the 44th annual training event at MAX, the Mobile Air Climate Systems at the Rosen Center Hotel, Orlando, Florida. MAX does this, as I said, for 44 years to foster the growth and expand knowledge all across at all aspects of vehicle thermal management. Over three days, we're here. Attendees can learn from 35 speakers and 70 plus hours of mobile AC and vehicle thermal management training and along with a great expo. Glad to be here. I am with Frank Woodson from Gates. Hey, Frank. Hey, happy to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for wanting to come. The North American Aftermarket Training Manager. (laughs) We're a training event. Why not have the North American Training Manager here? And what Frank is doing a class, water pumps, boring, sleep, yawn, no. And I have to tell you why I invited Frank. Napa Auto Care Centers are recognized as an integral piece to what sets Napa apart from the competition. And the Napa Auto Care brand? Well, it continues to be fully integrated into the national marketing strategy by optimizing targeted media in local markets and in proven channels. Don't forget, Napa Auto Care Centers have an online presence on Napa Online with the Auto Care Locator tool, generating millions of views per month. If you're interested in partnering with Napa Auto Care and capitalizing on America's largest network of parts and care, Talk to your Napa Auto Parts sales rep today. Bobby Bassett was, I believe, a trainer in your company, right? Yes, he was. I got to know Bobby really well, and he came on, and it, Bobby was always the guy. He'd bubble up, and he says, Carm, I got a great idea for an episode. <laughs> and one of the episodes was on water pump. And when I found out what the juxt of his episode was, I said, wow, Bobby, we got to do this. Now, I'm guessing this may be four years ago. So when I saw you were coming to do that, and I said, I know Bobby is retired, Frank said, yeah, I'll be there. So this is going to be a great episode on what Gates is really all about and how important Gates is to our industry, but this water pump survey and what we can do to be smarter about water pump comebacks. Yep. So you nailed it right on the head when you you talked about Bobby. Bobby was really a driver in this whole conversation. He had the foresight when Gates first started getting into the water pump business. He had the foresight to say, you know what? There's a lot of stuff going on in the industry that we need to know about. Obviously, Gates has been in the automotive industry for a very, very, very long time. You know, we understand what's going on in the engine. But when we got into the water pump space, Bobby really began to think, okay, what is it about coolant? What is it about water pump seal failures? What is it about water pump failures in general that we need to know? And so he really kind of moved the ball on that. And it's been the job of Gates uh, since Bobby's retirement to kind of continue pushing the message and making sure that we're staying current with the industry. Okay. I can't wait to find out what you guys discover. And in fact, it was Michael Inigvertson, I think I said his name wrong, that we interviewed here. Mike, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's from Copenhagen, so it's a very different sounding name. But we were talking about warranty. And I think it's important that our industry appreciates that when these items go back upstairs, you know, distributor back to ultimately the factory, you guys really look at this stuff carefully and really realize that this water pump wouldn't have gone bad had not this been done. Yep. Maybe we can answer this question, Frank, is why are we shortcutting? Well, I don't know why we're shortcutting, but it seems like the industry needs to catch up with some of the things that are going on with coolant and not necessarily, this has never been a conversation about coolant. The people that manufacture coolant do an absolutely fantastic job. 
They're some of the smartest people I've ever met in the world. I mean, you get with a chemical engineer and you realize that you're not as smart as, as this person. But what we really need to begin to understand is what happens when coolant is neglected, when coolants are mixed, when service intervals aren't met. So there's a lot going on and we can tell, and the whole purpose of this presentation this week was to show graphic examples of what was happening in coolant systems, what you could see with the water pump and where the damages were occurring. Gates, since about 2004, has been conducting two water pump warranty sorts a year. And the purpose of those water pump warranty sorts is to bring in about 2,000 water pumps and to try to, over the course of three days, look at anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 water pumps and determine what exactly is happening with these pumps and why they're failing. And the statistics stay pretty clear year after year. About 70, 72% of the water pumps that we see the failure mode is a weep leak, and that weep leak is caused by seal failure, and that seal failure is typically caused by some type of degraded, neglected coolant. Yeah, it's just tearing the, uh, the seal apart, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Basically, three different ways to look at it, but when we look at it, we actually see water pumps that have weep seal, and the contamination is very obvious. Some 45% or so of the water pumps, it's really, really obvious. You can take a look into the cavity of the interior of the pump and see what's going on, whether it's discoloration, whether it's some type of precipitant fallout, you know, from the coolant or whatever. Um, so it's really easy to tell. You see the weep leak, you look in there, you say, wow, okay, this is a weep leak with contamination. But about 24% of the pumps that we take a look at have a weep leak. So we know that the seal has been compromised, but we don't see it in the cavity of the pump. Not until we tear it down, not until we do a little bit more intense analysis on the pump, you really begin to see that. But that contamination is there. I find it so interesting. If anyone here who's listening is doing the math, seven out of 10 water pump comebacks can be prevented. Could be prevented, yeah. Could be. Could be. I get that. Even if it's six out of 10, think of the happy customer at the other end, because we decided that we were going to do the right thing and change the fluid. Yep. And that's what it really comes down to. I told the group that we were talking to today is that I could really probably drill this down into five minutes. If you have a weep seal leak, you know, with a water pump, you have a issue in the system and flush it and you will probably take care of, you know, most of the problems. We drug it out into an hour worth of conversation, which we had a lot of good information to share with the group. It's Carm here talking to you about what the Napa Auto Care Center program can do for your business. You probably already know the Napa brand is the most recognized and trusted name in the automotive aftermarket industry. In fact, studies show that nearly 95% of consumers recognize Napa and associate it with quality parts, service, and technical expertise. So why not complete a Pro Image upgrade and take advantage of that? ProImage is a co-branding program for the exterior and interior of your shop. On the outside, it includes the Napa colors and distinctive Napa signage. While the public may know you as a reliable locally owned business, a ProImage upgrade helps set your shop apart from the competition even further. It's also a visual signal to customers and potential customers that you and Napa are partners. Most importantly, Pro Image really works. This co-branding opportunity has helped Napa Auto Care Centers across the country increase their car counts and sales. In fact, those that have completed a Pro Image project enjoy an average 23% sales increase during the first year. Pro Image upgrades are also available for the interior of your shop. A Pro Image interior upgrade transforms your customer waiting area from merely utilitarian to warm and welcoming. 
The goal is to maintain your shop's independent identity while enhancing the customer's experience. You can get a free look at what a pro image exterior or interior upgrade could look like by visiting the Napa Auto Care members site and clicking on the pro image link under the Napa Pro Image tab. Or contact your local Napa Auto Parts store. Your servicing Napa store can tell you more about pro image, plus the hundreds of other reasons to become part of the Napa Auto Care family, the largest network of independent automotive repair shops in the country. You talk about having a alleged defective part doesn't matter what it is and the crucifixion that that supplier and the brand goes through i'll never buy another blankety blankety blank water pump from blankety blankety blank place and in the case of every supplier does this if you will what did you call it a survey a water pump warranty sort a sort and i don't mean to go off the tangent here but i think what you do is you send people out to the bins at the warehouses right and you pull these back and you send them i mean are they destroyed in the field actually the process that we had and the process has changed but we had an automotive distributor where the water pumps would come into a central location for warranty processing and they would get thousands and thousands and thousands of pumps and we were able to pull from that inventory uh, that process has since changed we're looking for a new process for that to continue on with the water pump warranty sorts, but it was a fairly easy process with the distributor that we had. Why do you call it a sort? Because that's literally what it is. The nice thing about this and the way that the distributor handled their warranties previously was that we would get collections of water pumps from all over the country. So it wasn't isolated to the Northeast. It wasn't isolated to Texas. It was nationwide. So we got a really good sampling and sort is just kind of the word we used, but we literally are pulling at random water pumps out of, out of bins and analyzing. It's amazing to think, will the person who's listening to this great talk radio for the aftermarket that we do here saying he's wrong, he's completely wrong. Is that putting an individual in denial? because they don't want to do a complete job? And or will this maybe change them and stop to say, listen, if you're going to do a water pump job, you've got to have a canned job on the computer that includes flush. Why would people not? That is a question we're always asking. It's always a point of education, you know, to talk to people. But we also understand that the industry is a lot more complicated. It's not so black and white. We have a customer that may have economic resources that aren't available for certain things, or it may be a decision from the shop, don't know. But my job specifically is to basically just preach the message and hope that I have enough people understand and say, you know what, this actually does make sense. And this is the direction we need to go. I know in the air conditioning world, and I actually use this in my presentation, back in 2004, Max published a article called a rogues gallery. And it was basically an analysis of compressors that had failed. And this is during the R12, R134A days, the conversions, when a lot of AC compressors were failing. And AC compressors were failing because we didn't quite really understand the science between R12 and R134A and how much oil needed to go into the system. And it was surprising how many compressors were failing because they were dry. Oil was not transferring through the system. R134A didn't carry refrigerant like R12 did. So it was different. So it's getting people to understand the technologies that are involved, what's happening in the industry, and what modifications we need to make to what seem to be time-tested, you know, repairs. So today, Michael Ing Vardson from Nissan's today talked about people getting a new compressor and changing out the oil. They're sitting there scratching their heads and wanting to know why when the OE calls for this particular oil, but the individual says, no, I'm an air conditioning specialist, and this is what we put in the compressor. 
And what happens? It's defective. We're talking expensive systems of mm-hmm. late and what people are eating on the way up. And why do parts cost more? Because you have to handle them a couple of times and then discover that seven out of 10, very possibly, didn't need to be in this condition. Yep. So Gates is a company. I mean, you got a lot going on at Gates. Tell me what else you guys are doing. Tell you what, things are busy at Gates. You know, Gates is a global supplier. We are in more areas than just the automotive space. We're in the industrial space. We're in a lot of different spaces. Fluid power transmission. So things are very busy. 2024 is hopefully shaping up to be an awesome year for Gates. Man, have I made hydraulic hoses in my lifetime. (laughs) It was actually a lot of fun. Really, I think it channeled, you know, heavy duty thinking on angles and getting everything right. It was it was fun, I thought, always to make a hydraulic hose, but such a a critical piece today in fluid powers. How much fluids we run through our vehicles and stuff, and especially at the heavy duty end. Anything new in hydraulics and fluids? It stays pretty static. We're seeing some new ceiling types. They've been around for a while, but I guess we could consider them new. New hoses, you know, pressures in hydraulic systems continue to go up and up and up. We have new technologies in a hose. We actually, so a lot of people, if, if people understand hydraulics, I'll understand when I'm, say, a braided hose and a spiral hose. Mm-hmm. Um, spiral hoses are typically designed for higher pressure, higher impulse applications. And we now have hoses that actually look like a braided hose, but perform like a spiral hose. It's what we call an X-spiral design, unique design, very unique to what Gates is doing, but allows customers to be in certain hydraulic areas that maybe they couldn't be in before. Got it. I'll never forget Bobby Bassett, and I know we keep referencing Bobby here, but uh, that's my recollection of the serpentine belt. And I think he had these really cool little tests was there a water spray on a serpentine belt yep. that, uh, tell me about yep. it. Spray bottle test and essentially a number of different ways to try to isolate noise issues within a serpentine belt drive. And the spray bottle test is one of those. Typically when you have noise in a serpentine belt drive system, it's going to go back to one of two root causes. It's either going to be lack of tension or it's going to be misalignment. So the spray bottle tests allow you in a very inexpensive way to spray areas of the belt and try to to decide whether or not it is that tension issue or whether or not it's a alignment issue. And what happens if it's alignment to that belt? If it's alignment with tension, if the noise increases and then goes away because the water has acted like a lubricant, you know, that would be the indicator. If the noise increases or decreases when you spray and then comes back, it's misalignment. It's misalignment. So tension or misalignment. Tension or misalignment. What, What other kind of tests that you know of? One of the truest and best ways to test for misalignment in a system is obviously to, to use some type of laser apparatus, you know, for testing. The, uh, you know, Gates sells one and a number of different other people will sell a tool like that, but it allows you to go in because misalignment within a system, anything over one degree is going to cause issues. And that's really tough to see. And the way engine compartments are designed these days, getting a straight edge or just eyeballing something is very difficult. So once again, using something that allows you to work off the crank and see where the misalignment in the system is, is critical. Is that going to come from loose uh, clamping, age, just weak metals? Uh, Where's that going to come from? Any number of different areas. A million places. Bent brackets, components that aren't necessarily reassembled properly, pulleys that aren't pressed on properly, you know, bent, you know, materials, you know, bent, uh, you know, shafts, any number of different areas. Yeah, a new vehicle comes in and it's got this issue and you're scratching your head saying, how the hell did this bracket get bent? Yeah, but we actually have seen, not referencing any particular OEs or whatever, but the uh, we've seen it in the industry where brand new vehicles have misalignment issues and it's just something that happened on the factory floor. It's amazing how all that works. What else should we know? 
There is a ton to know. You know, Bobby, but there is so much going on in the industry that we could talk about literally, you know, for hours. What's your favorite topic? Love talking about the serpentine belt system because it seems to be one of those areas that I wouldn't say neglected is the right word, but sometimes overlooked. And we forget how important it is. If the serpentine belt system isn't driving properly, if the belt isn't wedging properly in the pulleys, if the tension isn't proper, if the alignment isn't proper, then we're going to have problems in the system. Manufacturers of product that are driven by belt. So AC compressors, alternators, power steering pumps. One of the first things you'll see in their directions or in their trouble trees is that you've got to diagnose the serpentine belt system. If it's not working right, their product probably isn't going to be working right. I love this coolant message because it can be so impactful. When we do it for technicians, when we do it for automotive distributors, there's a lot of questions, there are a lot of raised eyebrows, and there's a lot of conversation over it. But if you really got to pinpoint one area that's the most fun to teach, it's in hydraulics. There is nothing more satisfying than getting with a group of people and teaching them about where they can be in the hydraulic world. Wow. So you had one class today already? Actually had two classes, but it was the same class. Okay. What do the students that are in that class talking to you about at the end? A lot of them are talking about the, I don't say prevalence, that how much electrolysis is playing a part in the cooling system anymore and how to diagnose it properly and what to be looking for. So these people are on the cutting edge. I'll tell you what, the, uh, the groups we had today were very, very, very good. Are Obviously, you, and you'd expect that yeah, at Max. At Max. Are you teaching that at all? Are you helping people understand the electrolysis thing? In the electrolysis area, what we're really pointing out is, first of all, when you take a pump off, there are certain really key identifiers that you can take a look at the pump, kind of a gray, gunmetal gray look to the interior part of the pump will be a really good indicator that electrolysis may be happening. Now, that could be particulate fallout but also it could be an indicator of electrolysis. You see that, you really should be flushing the system and at the very least testing for electrolysis. How do you do that? Ah, there's a process to it. Uh, there are a number of different ways of written it up, but basically you're going to use your digital voltmeter and put it on a setting. You're going to put your negative lead on the battery. You're going to put the positive lead into the, the fluid itself, into the coolant itself Got it. without touching any metal. And then you're going to read what the voltmeter is telling you. And anything over 0.3 volts is suspect. Depending on who you're reading, it could be 0.2, it could be 0.4, but 0.3 is usually kind of that industry accepted. Where's that leak coming from, Frank? Well, it could be two places. It could be from grounds, or it could be actually from dirty cooling itself. And there is a procedure to this electrolysis process. And what you want to do is you want to eliminate the ground aspect of it first. If you have a bad ground and you correct the ground, sometimes you can take care of the electrolysis. But in certain situations where you have dirty enough coolant, then you've literally got a little internal battery and the coolant is carrying co or the coolant is carrying current and you need to, to source that out. And if that's the case, then you need to flush the system and you need to flush it really, really, really well. Well, that's a gem that just fell off the tree for our listener that they should think of every time that they're getting ready to do that job to do an electrolysis test. Yep. And not a bad idea. Not a bad idea, especially once again, it's very evident when you take a water pump off of a vehicle and if you see discoloration in the cavity of the pump. If you see that gunmetal gray look to it, you know that you've got issues. And obviously, if you've got a weep hole leak to begin with, you've failed the seal on the water pump. So you have, you have an issue somewhere. Yeah. The crap that's in the coolant just beat the hell out of that seal. Basically. Yep. It's like uh, sandblasting. A little bit. This was great information, Frank. I appreciate you being here. I'm so glad that I've known Bobby for all those years and getting to know you, Frank Woodson from Gates. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.